Hi, this is Dr. Randy Bach. Today's September 8th, 2022, and I'm here with you again for a coronavirus conversation. And we're going to touch on not just coronavirus, but a few other things today. Uh, we're going to go over some monkeypox uh, data and the way it's actually presented by the CDC as a health emergency for everybody. Um, I actually uh, try to do Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. And last night I was about to do my podcast and I realized, or video cast, whatever this is, um, and I realized that I uh, had a problem. Um, I was looking at something that I had assumed was a certain set of data, and I really am I'm still not sure, but I'm going to go over the, the conundrum I had uh, yesterday, and uh, that caused me to uh, stop the uh, recording and look things over a little bit in more detail today and try again. <clears throat> um, so... Uh, without further ado, let me just get to, right to the point that I was about to make. Yesterday, that caused me consternation and uh, uh, stopping uh, what I was doing. So this is uh, from a web page called Our World in Data, and they're pretty good. I can't vouch for specifically where they get all their data, um, but they've been, I think, accurate um, and confirmable across the board. They have the COVID date, COVID nineteen data explorer, um, and. Uh, and this is week by week from January 2020, uh, where only China had had um, uh, SARS-CoV-2, uh, and then it was unleashed upon the world in March. And you can see the numbers for Italy were pretty high. Uh, they got the first uh, dose of this, as it were. And then it went on. There's various uh, waves, uh, first, second, third wave, and then uh, the Omicron phase over here with very low uh, mortality numbers. Uh, but the you know oddity here, I mean, there, I, I picked various countries. Um, we look over on the, 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 I'll try to expand this a little bit for you. Uh, if we look over here in the corner, um, over here, we have the United States data and it's big. And then all these other countries, I, I put these countries up because they're somewhat congeners of the United States, uh, same basic um, uh, uh, level of prosperity um, and kind of these days, similar demographics uh, ethnically and whatnot, because uh, there's been you know huge waves of immigrants from Africa, North Africa, um, Asia, and so forth, uh, coming to these countries. And so they're somewhat mimicking the United States uh, kind of uh, polyethnic um, uh, color diversity. Um, so here we have Germany, Italy, France, Canada, Belgium, Denmark, and the UK. And I came up with this uh, basket of countries for that reason, plus the additional reason that their populations add up uh, almost identically to the United States total population. So we're at about uh, 330 million or so, something of that range. And these countries add up to about the same across the board. So when we look at, at, at their numbers, um, we should see similar totals uh, for a similar virus to similar uh, uh, you know, distribution, uh, wealth, um, population, uh, access to health care and all that kind of stuff. Uh, for the most part, these countries have uh, socialized um, health systems. I think all of them do and we do not. Uh, the difference also is we um, had incentivized uh, COVID-19 diagnosis um, by uh, financially. So uh, from the beginning of this um, pandemic or you know, coronavirus episode, uh, we have been shuttling money um, to the hospitals at a rate of about $13,000 per uh, case that goes to the ICU. And we've been forgiving um, Medicare deductibles, $500 and so forth for diagnosis of COVID-19. So there's there's a, um, um, a kind of a, a uniformity of, of interest um, 
I'm not saying it's conspiracy, but uh, you know, conspiracy does mean to, literally to breathe together. And so there's uh, kind of a uniting of interests um, between patients and hospitals and doctors along the way because they work for hospitals. And there's also been kind of this political push to have the COVID-19 diagnosis uh, during our election season, which is right, uh, I guess, into 2020. Um, and so our numbers are, were inflated. And then, you know, the election succeeded. I mean, a lot of the, the coronavirus um, uh, kind of aligned um, loosening in, in election rules, you know, universal uh, sending out of mail-in ballots, even though we had had absentee, absentee ballots previously, uh, led to uh, a change in the um, presidency by party. And then I think there's been kind of an interest in having COVID-19 uh, diagnosis continuing with vaccine push and so forth. And I think there's been alignment uh, of interest with some of the big pharmaceutical companies and they've gotten very wealthy. There've been, I think, uh, maybe eight to 10 new billionaires across the pharmaceutical world uh, made uh, amongst the CEOs of these uh, major companies, uh, at least by stock prices, although some of them have gone down since. Anyway, so what, what what's the point here? Well, uh, I was looking at um, the thing that, that kind of floored me yesterday. Um, and the point I've been trying to make um, is uh, uh, excess mortality. Whoops, uh, let's see. So... Let's see if we can find the right one here. Um, so here we have the United States um, across this time with numbers that are huge uh, in comparison to uh, all this basket of other countries. So um, even if you total these up, there's two. Um, and then, these, uh, you know, I guess by population, uh, the excess deaths here are 1 million for the United States. And let's see if I could do this quickly, uh, kind of two, four, six uh, fewer, probably about uh, 700,000 or so uh, amongst these other countries. So we have a, kind of a vastly higher rate of uh, COVID-19 uh, deaths and excess deaths in general. Um, and let's see if I can really find the same thing that confused me before. Um, let's see if I can do this quickly enough. I apologize. Um, so... I may not be able to do it quickly enough for everybody's taste here, um, but this is the so so the thing that that kind of got me a little bit was um, excess mortality count I guess it was, and so here the excess mortality count um, was so much much very higher in the United States. This is the cumulative number of deaths from all causes compared to projection based on previous years. Um, so what they're saying here is the United States had a vastly higher overall excess death mortality by all causes versus these other countries. I don't know how that really um, jibes with, agrees with um, these other numbers here. It's saying here that the uh, excess confirmed uh, COVID-19 deaths, excess mortality was about um, uh, 1 million or so. And these other ones total up to 800,000. And yet uh, here it is that the overall change in, in uh, deaths from all causes is much lower in these other countries than here. So let, let's try to wrap, I'm actually having trouble wrapping my head around this. So what they're saying is that uh, we had a million extra COVID deaths, but we also had a million deaths over, um, over baseline in, in general, whereas these other countries had 
very minimal amounts of deaths over baseline, even though a lot of them, 700,000 of those deaths were attributable to COVID. So I guess in these other countries, people are getting diagnosed with COVID and not getting diagnosed from other things, but they're not having that many more, more overall deaths, but we're somehow having a lot more overall deaths. I, I don't know how this really can be the case. I, I'm not, I think this might be an error in the way ourworldanddata.org is, is uh, getting their numbers. Uh, I would like, if anybody can find independent confirmation of the overall death numbers in the United States in the meanwhile, uh, what that, what is actually going on? I mean, my own theory, the reason I was doing the broadcast yesterday was my, my theory is that we have far more COVID-19 um, uh, labels per case than elsewhere. And this, I think, is evidenced, as you can see here, this is cumulative confirmed COVID-19 deaths. Um, it, you know, we have a lot more of them than anywhere else. And I think this is partly because we pay the hospitals, we pay the patients, and the doctors are aligned, and uh, medical examiners, so forth. It becomes kind of a group effect where everything gets diagnosed as COVID-19. You come in with a motorcycle uh, fatality, you get tested positive for COVID-19, it's COVID-19 deaths. Fentanyl deaths, COVID-19 deaths. This has been uh, marked across the board. Um, I have a, uh, a friend who writes this um, substack. Uh, his, his name is Jean Baudin, and it's Coquin de Chien. And he has mentioned um, on a personal basis that, you know, he's spoken with medical examiners. And during the early uh, episode of early times of COVID, um, uh, the medical examiners were actually not on, uh, um, at work. They were, um, uh, you know, kind of phoning, literally, almost literally phoning things in and applying COVID-19 diagnosis across the board because they didn't want to, you know, step into the middle of a pandemic in the middle of a hospital. So there was early on probably overdiagnosis. And I think later on, there's been overdiagnosis as well uh, for political solidarity reasons as we headed into election season with the um, um, kind of, you know, second wave of coronavirus. Anyway, so you know, part of my problem, I should have, you know, be able to see the overall baseline, uh, you know, death rates in the United States. It shouldn't be that hard. But frankly, if you Google it, um, it's a very difficult uh, thing to find amongst the CDC. And there seems to be this kind of similar difficulty, uh, whether it's Google or CDC or whatever, in getting to good data. So I'm not saying I'm, I have perfect data here, but I do think, you know, kind of the meta problem or the, the problem from looking from bird's eye view is that it's difficult to get easy access to data. I'm going to just, um, it's this total sidelight and I'm not uh, um, a climatologist or anything like that, but but just as a matter of record, this um, kind of how you collect data matters. And I'm going to show you two things um, um, from uh, that I've kind of come across. Uh, this is uh, from another friend. Uh, who belongs to uh, pandata.org, and uh, he uh, he's a data guy, and he he made this. Um, um, uh, I can give you the link later, but basically he made a a map, a heat map, almost literally, um, of of you know hotter than or colder than uh, you know normal temperatures, and you always hear about the heat wave, but you don't hear about the cold wave. Uh, the center part of the United States has been uh, having lower temperatures, um, I, I forget exactly the comparison uh, uh, structure, um, but you can look at this, but they've, they've been cooler than average, and, and a good part of the world has been hotter than average, but nobody talks about what's going on here, and his own theory is perhaps it's, you know, this is the Great Plains, this is a farming area, and it could just be 
that you know the evaporative um, aspect of uh, planting and so forth, or the the green uh, lack of urban areas and so forth, are, are bringing lower temperatures. There's there's another possibility, um, which um, Alan Watts brings up um, uh, in this uh, paper, "Corrupted Climate Station uh, Station Report," which he did in 2022. And again, I'm not an expert on all of this, but but I have noticed, you know, when I go golfing, um, there's a climate uh, reporting gizmo. Uh, you can kind of see them here a little bit. I can expand this. Uh, there are these little devices, uh, and we see them. I don't know if you've ever noticed these things, but they're doing, um, I assume, temperature and barometer and all that kind of stuff. And they Bluetooth the the uh, you know wirelessly send the data elsewhere, and then we come up with our heat maps, as it were, of the country. Uh, the problem is a lot of these are in heat sinks. They're next to asphalt. Um, the one on the golf course, and we have a big green golf course, and literally, you know, a good part of this is called greens. Um, and and where is the the, the uh, temperature device? Well, it's put someplace convenient so that people who monitor these things can drive up and get it. So it's put next to a driveway, next to the big piles of gravel, uh, sand, and so forth that are used for the bunkers and to replenish, uh, I don't know, gardening aspects, whatever. And so this is like literally the hottest part of the golf course. The sun's beating down in the middle of the summer and the asphalt's, you know, black top is collecting the heat. And then you have all these big, big collection of rocks. There's nothing green in the area. And of the entire golf course, which is 98% green from place to place, they put it in say the blackest, hottest, grayest, um, rockiest part of the whole golf course. And that's the weather station. And so I, I kind of always find that amazing. And, and um, you know, so here are uh, a list of ones that he pointed out in 2009, and then he tried to see if any of them were corrected in 2022. So this has been updated. And so here's one that was in kind of a hot place. And these are all 2009 hot places. And what happened the subsequent? Um, uh, well, this one got moved. Yay. So this one got moved to a green area. This one had no change. And this one had no change the location, but they you know, did some, uh, you know, roofing and whatnot, and maybe made it even worse. So things went down. So he has a rating system here um, of, I don't know, I'm not going to go into it too, too detail, but the point is, you know, how you collect data uh, influences the data you collect. So if you are trying to look at, at temperature, I mean, if you look at, a you know, kind of a, a map of the United States uh, from, you know, from above uh, Google Maps, uh, um, let's see, this map on the United States, uh, you know, what, you, what you'll see is uh, things are mostly uh, green. So if we just kind of zoom out, this is uh, a Boston area here, but if we just kind of look at, the, I don't know, the country, as it were, um, I mean, that's a topographical map, but if you look at a satellite view, um, you know, a lot of it's green. So, you know, you could, if you did want to measure Kentucky, you could put something here to measure temperature measure Kansas, measure here. But what happens is that when we're measuring temperature, it's in urban areas. So these are where people can get to them. So it's a, it's a selection bias and it's a confirmation bias in a sense because there's no real interest in finding lower temperatures. So you're probably going to find lower temperatures if you go to mountaintops, uh, not necessarily in the desert, but you know, you're looking for year to year changes. And so those are probably best mediated in out of the way places, but the out of the way places are out of the way and they're hard to get to. Anyway, that's my little diversion to climate stuff. But but the, the, the point is analogous for, for um, what we're doing with our world and data. It's like how you measure it and how accessible the data is and how uh, reproducible are the events. 
Um, so that's just a point I wanted to make. I'm going to probably move on from that point um, to uh, a couple others, uh, just as a side interest. Uh, these are some things that people are pointing out. Again, data is hard to uh, figure. This is uh, from an article by uh, a French uh, doctor, uh, Denis Rancourt, or Dennis Rancourt, if you want to say it, um, uh, the way it's written it's in English, as it were. And he's noticing um, kind of with death data, um, this is cyclical. We notice that flu season goes up and whatnot. Um, he's noticing some spikes greater. And, and his correlation is um, with integration with the vaccine. I, I'm not going to really comment on this further. I've put the link on. You can take a look at it. It's more than I've been able to really uh, wrap my head around it once. Um, but uh, there you have it. Anyway, so let's let's see what else um, I was going to look at. Um, oh, yeah, this is just... Uh, we are just going to make this a slideshow. Um, so first of all, uh, I, I had my, one of my coronavirus conversations I had up on LinkedIn, um, and a physician friend of mine wrote, um, with all due respect, it may no longer be an emergency, but it remains the third leading cause of death in the USA until proven otherwise, a disease that did not exist in its current form before January 2020. Uh, so we can ignore it or we can try to prevent it like the first and second leading cause of death in the USA, um, heart disease and cancer. Um, and then, um, so I actually, you know, look at the leading cause of death. They vary by age group. Um, so this is younger people, uh, 25 to 35. Um, and as you can see, young people, it's accidents, but there are very few deaths, low number. Um, as the, these, these scales are higher because you have people older, 63 to 74, and, um, and you know, older than 85. So as you get older, you know, heart disease, cancer, and whatnot take off. But but COVID-19 um, in 20 and 21 uh, kind of became these higher, um, you know, second, third leading causes of death, depending on the age. Um, and, uh, you know, what is really going on? Well, uh, you know, people get sick. There's been really like zero influenza uh, deaths. But just to kind of get to his point, I mean, I rebutted this on LinkedIn. Um, but he says, uh, let me just finish what he says. He says, and beyond death statistics, um, uh, there's uh, long COVID. Most of, us, most of us would rather not lose a day of work, want to stay healthy, wear a nine, N95 mask still indoors if you're uncertain uh, people's uh, I, you know, infectious status. There's little downside. There's plausible upside, and not only prevention of SARS-CoV-2, but the common cold as well. So uh, kind of the thesis here is similar to what I mentioned a few months ago that I had a patient who was wearing a mask and he doesn't really think COVID-19 is around, uh, but he's gonna wear one forever uh, because he never wants to get a common cold. So he didn't get any common colds when he wore the mask, boom, he's gonna wear one forever. If you're willing to wear one forever, then go ahead. But right now, what we're seeing for um, Omicron uh, is nothing, you know, it's kind of comparable to the common cold. And I point that up, uh, point that out elsewhere. Let me see if I can find the slide. I should have put it on here. Um, this is, from an article I'm writing, Corona 22, kind of to rename COVID-19, which is no longer the case. Um, Omicron is vastly different from the ancestral version, and it's vastly different from the second and third wave uh, coronavirus. It is essentially a common cold. It is unrelated uh, to the um, other uh, coronaviruses. And it says here, Omicron is almost like an orphan uh, without close relatives on the COVID-19 tree. Its genes look just look so different from the other COVID-19 um, genome sequences. So Omicron is less lethal influenza. It's about the same as common cold. Uh, the COVID-19 testing may not be specific to SARS-CoV-2 and may overlap with common cold coronavirus. So what we're doing now 
is we're testing, we're finding uh, coronavirus because coronavirus has always been the common cold. And then we're um, kind of thinking this is dangerous because we, we, we remember COVID-19, uh, SARS-CoV-2, but we're not having that anymore. We're having just the common cold coronavirus and we're mislabeling it, misdiagnosing it. And we are still having a certain number of people, you know, kind of run around, uh, no offense to chickens without their heads, but like that under the presumption that this is still a bad problem. And, um, you know, Pfizer uh, is going to, you know, trot out its second uh, version of a vaccine with the ancestral, which is out of date, useless, um, you know, way gone uh, version of, of coronavirus that's down here. And, and mix it in with this one. So it's going to have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. One, This one's long gone and unrelated. This one is current, but harmless. So there's no point to having this one because it's long gone, ancestral, and there's nothing around like that anymore in coronavirus. And there's no point to having this one because we've never had vaccines to the common cold. Um, so I think I'm going to probably, let's see if there's anything else on this topic. Oh yeah, there's one other thing. This is, um, you know, as far, again, as far as how and where you get your data, and what kind of things are emphasized and not emphasized. Uh, this is a, a magazine called Curious, uh, spelled funny. Um, and it's, um, if you go to Wikipedia, you can look it up. It is um, the Curious Journal of Medical Science, which also looks like Cure Us. It's an open access general medical journal. Um, and it, it makes it a little bit easier for people to get their stuff out there than be peer reviewed and so forth, voted up and down and whatnot. Um, uh, this, this is from Brazil. Uh, there's a Flavio Cadigiani, and he has, lo and behold, a, a, a study of regular use of ivermectin as prophylaxis prevention for COVID-19. It led up to a 92% reduction in COVID-19 uh, mortality in a dose-response matter, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to read the whole article, but I tell you, if you just kind of look this up, if you try to you know, type into Google uh, ivermectin um, uh, confirmation uh, study Brazil, um, Uh, or it's a, uh, I don't know, um, Brazil. You, you will find, I think, nothing like this. Um, so I, I try to isolate it, you know, just say in the last, you know, this came out a few days ago. Uh, if you look for something in the last month, um, I guess, oh, here it does, shows up. Regular use of ivermectin uh, as prophylaxis. Um, so that that does show up with, when, when you kind of, isolate the date a little bit, but it's hard to find. It does not show up and it should show up if, uh, on the news. I mean, if you think that this is a big deal, which I do, um, you'd think you'd see something like this on news. Um, and here, if you just look on news items, you say ivermectin does not prevent COVID-19 hospitalization, um, effective early treatment. It's not the same article and so forth. So this doesn't really get covered. So, you know, th how you, you know, the answers you get really depends on, on where you look and how hard you're looking and what you're, you know, hoping to find and whether you're really, you know, willing to continue searching. Um, I'm going to segue a little bit. I'm going to bring up just a couple of things I've been looking at. Uh, this is a Steve Kirsch newsletter. I recommend you look at it. Uh, I can't comment on this because I'm not sure there's a big enough data set, but young doctors in Canada are dying at a rate 12 times normal after their second booster. I'm not sure how well this gets studied, um, but uh, I can vouch for um uh, some of the people working on this, um, Brent is one of my friends, and uh, this is a really, you know, he's an excellent uh, data analyst. I recommend you look at this. Um, so, you know, I don't know where to go with that, but but there should be caution. I don't think we've had 
really a full open access to the CDC data. Um, and I think this here, I'll give you one quick indication of, of the difference between the data source and the data answers. So this is stuff that people are fed. This is um, from the city of Revere. Um, and I just happen to be looking at it for completely uh, different reasons, but lo and behold, they have monkeypox um, uh, warnings and they're, they're a little bit hard to read at this uh, distance, but um, basically if you think you've been exposed to monkeypox, uh, here, here's, here's some things you can do. Uh, you can use separate towels, open the windows for ventilation. Um, I don't know, wear a well-fitted medical mask, uh, do your own laundry. I, I, I don't think this is really to the point. Um, and, and I guess this has been given to the schools as well. Uh, let's see this one here. Uh, he's saying, I think, I guess, same thing. Don't touch bedding, uh, practice safe sex. Um, let's see, how is monkeypox transmitted? Um, anybody, anyone can get monkeypox regardless of sexual orientation. Well, that's technically true. Okay. But, 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 but no pun intended. Um, we're going to look at the actual CDC data. Um, it's just a little bit different picture from what that, you know, demonstration might be. So these are the monkeypox cases reported, uh, age and gender. So here's age. You might not even be able to see gender. Um, because it's all men. So here's blue is men. That's men, 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 men. And what's the age group? Well, it's this age group over here. It's not old people. <laughs> you know, and, and it turns out these are people, guys going to orgies. Um, so, you know, there you have it. You, you can kind of avoid this if you don't uh, um, go to orgies. And, and, and all those, you know, it's not about, I don't think it's a bad matter of utensils. Um, it's a matter of, of, you know, I guess, you know, kind of not doing, uh, you know, male homosexual orgies. Um, so let's see what else we had here. There was a thing about the, the deaths, um, uh, as far as cases and so forth, there are cases, I can't remember where I saw the, uh, the death count. Uh, let's see if there's a map count, death count. Um, I think there have been a total of zero deaths. Uh, I don't think they're listed. This, this map kind of makes it look a little more varied than it is, but basically the numbers are enormous in certain places like New York, 4,000, California, uh, something like 5,000, whatever. Um, and these other places, even if they're similar color, are, are not anything like that. So, you know, they, they give Texas the same color, but really it's a California, New York um, um, kind of axis. And, and it's, it's been, you know, pretty much correlated with, with male orgies. Um, so that's not listed anywhere on here. Um, and it's really not so much about wearing a mask. I don't think wearing a mask is going to help or make any difference at all. Um, this is a, a, a direct contact. Um, and it probably has to do with the, the, the skin. I don't want to get too crude here, but, you know, ripping the skin and having uh, skin breakage and, uh, you know, kind of mixing you know, mucosal surfaces uh, very, very tightly together and whatnot. So this is uh, something a little bit more, you know, crude, but it is nothing to do with this. This is kind of not really, I don't think it belongs in the schools per se. Um, I think that, you know, standard morality, standard um, kind of like, uh, you know, human behaviors uh, should warrant uh, not getting monkeypox. And it has not been an, an issue. And you can see even the numbers from the previous thing I showed were going down uh, all by them, themselves, uh, because I think even guys going to male orgies uh, get the point. And uh, let's see if I can find the uh, the number. Uh, let's see the case trends here. So this is, if you look at, if you kind of squint, you'll see the numbers are, are kind of edging downward. 
and there's really nothing that needs to be done here. And they, they have these kind of funny spikes because I guess there are certain days they report and don't report. So the cases go from 25 to 700. This happened during COVID because they don't work on weekends. So they don't report the numbers rather than kind of averaging it out based on the date that actually occurred, you get these kind of crazy numbers. Um, so this is again, a data reporting issue. Um, so I don't know if I have many points here today. Um, I think the major one is uh, that, you know, some of the, the, the raw data is hard to get at. Uh, some of the th things you need to know is not well reported. Uh, some of this dissemination issue, uh, we talk about misinformation, but I think the real kind of misinformation is uh, having to do with um, how, uh, you know, what kind of things are emphasized through the, the airwaves, the internet, uh, kind of the um, Twitter, uh, Google, uh, and which things are, are kind of pressed at, as, as points by the CDC and so forth. You know, if the CDC wanted to be honest with you, they would have a big poster like, you know, eliminate, uh, you know, male homosexual orgies, um, you know, stop, uh, you know, I mean, there's kind of a, has to be an element of, you know, difficulty uh, uh, to your, you know, kind of sensitive areas that are causing skin breakages uh, that allow monkeypox to get in. It's not even happening just in regular male homosexual sex. It's happening at these orgies. Uh, I don't know, um, you know, but but that's not what happens. Everything has to be kind of ameliorated and and softened uh, its message to so as not to offend people based on 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 you know not wanting to say which behaviors are better or worse than others. Uh, this is a, a road that's, that you know you can do if you want to on a philosophic basis, but on a medical medical basis, I think you'd be better off sticking to the truth. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do here. Uh, please clarify, you know, if you have any clarifications or corrections for what I've said, and or if you have a, a good data set for the U.S. deaths in general, I'd be curious to see whether, in fact, we've had, you know, huge number of excess deaths or whether those are just kind of the COVID diagnosis deaths. So I, I don't have a full answer on that. That's why I titled this more questions than answers. I hope I provided some uh, answers, but of course I maybe brought more questions than I, I had answers to begin with. So uh, thank you so very much. I uh, would love to hear from you. And um, I don't have my shameless self-promotion, uh, but I have my book Overcoming Zika, excuse me, Overturning Zika, uh, which is out on Amazon. I have the uh, Brazilian uh, version um, out as well. Um, and we're hoping to make some inroads in Brazil. Um, I think they're having election season. It might who knows, become a topic there. And um, I, with that, I'm going to call it a day. Thank you so much. Have a great